Hi, my name's Ryan. I've been a supporter of Paul's for many years now. I wish to get the podcast and video creation part of the system we call Paul back up to full speed. And I think Patreon support is a big part of that system. Go over to patreon.com slash Paul Wheaton. Make a pledge for each artifact that Paul creates. Again, the site is patreon.com slash Paul Wheaton. You can also find the link in the podcast notes. Enjoy the podcast. We're back. We had we, we decided we needed to do Mr. Slappy Part Two. It's not <laughs> Mr. Slappy. Well, okay, well the, the the idea is is to be is to design a system that doesn't have a Mr. Slappy. And and also to design a system that's like for people who um, I don't want to say need a Mr. Slappy, but you know, because nobody wants to be Mr. Slappy or work with a Mr. Slappy, right? I I think of it more like if you have an exercise buddy or a hiking buddy or you know a good partner in you know if you have what we're looking for are these interrelated businesses here at Wheaton Labs where we just support each other and it's like having a good partner. So in order to be able to solve the problem, we have to know what the problem is. We have to be able to define the problem. And I kind of feel like a big thing has been resentments, and they can come in so many different flavors. So, for example, if you're paying two people exactly the same and one person is doing an amazing job and, and another person is like hardly doing anything, but they're both getting paid the same, there's going to be resentments going both ways. Um, the person who's working is going to resent the person that's not, for obvious reasons. But the person that's not working is going to resent the person who is working for making them look bad. Like, look, I, I got a thing going on here, but you're making it. You're making me look like a fucking loser. Well, it's just remarkably common for people to, you know point the finger outwards instead of pointing back at themselves about why something doesn't work out. Right. So, and I think we've all run into people like that. And those are the kind of people that are not good working partners or they're not, you know, um, they're just not good to work with because they won't take responsibility for their own errors or shortcomings. And we all have errors and shortcomings. We... Don't expect perfection. We're not requiring perfection by any means. Um, and Paul and I certainly aren't perfect. It's just if someone can own their own level of participation, their own integrity, and their own um, work ethic, it's it's just so much better to work with people like that. Instead of the ones that always have an excuse and it's always someone else's fault or, you know, the dog ate my homework. Kind of a Homer Simpson thing. And as much as we might think that Homer Simpson is funny because nobody would ever do that, I I think that um, Homer Simpson becomes unfunny when you work with somebody like Homer Simpson. Yeah. And 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 I think you know there are there are going to be some of us out there that have worked with Homer Simpsons. Well, 
Yeah, if you think about if you've got a day job, just imagine you've got a day job. Maybe you have a family or you have, you know, a partner, whoever on the side, you know, in your home life in addition to your day job. But let's say you've decided the best time for you to exercise is at 5 a.m. before you have to commute at 7 a.m. so you can be at the office at 8 a.m., right? Mm -hmm. There are a lot of people who do this. Yeah. (laughs) And, okay, I want to be at the gym at 5 a.m. Um, and if you have, but you really won't do it unless you have a workout buddy. Some people are like that. I think women are particularly well, like that. some people need a workout buddy and some people don't. Yeah. But let's say you need a workout buddy. If you have a workout buddy that just constantly keeps not showing up, like, oh, I slept through my alarm, or oh, I stayed up late last night binging on Netflix, oh, you know, you're going to give up on that workout buddy. Sure. Now, in the past, I actually did this in years past, I would get up in the morning and go swimming with a girlfriend, and I wouldn't go unless I had someone go with me. And she wouldn't go unless I literally came to her house, walked in, and shook her shoulder to get her out of bed. <laughs> wow. I this know. the arrangement you made. And we did it, and we both loved it. We did it for like a year. We would get up, and um, and she loved it that I would, like, shake her shoulder. You know, this is a long time ago. Before, anyway. And we, we loved it. We loved swimming together in the mornings. It worked for us. So I want to go back to the example of the two people where they got paid the same. Okay. And so then I think that there's a couple of important things. Um, Okay. uh, One is if they got, you know, paid in such a way that um, it had to do with the amount of work that they did. So that the second person who worked hard ended up getting 10 times more money. Um, then the first person would have resentments that that person has more money. But then I think that, and this is where the this is where we got to focus. And I th- I think that the thing is is that the first person would not have resentments. The first person would feel, or that not the first person, the second person, the person who's working hard would not have resentments. They'd feel like this is fair. And I think that the person that's not working or doing very little work. Um, would then choose to get a different job. Right. And and they would want something that would be the same job, but where everybody is paid a salary or paid by the hour or something like that. And they would not like working at a place where... So as I kind of feel... And I refer to that as self-pruning. Right. Yeah, they just decide, oh, this is... I'm not making enough or this isn't a good fit. You know, sometimes that happens. You try out a job and you think, oh, I want to do that. And then you try doing it and then you realize I don't really want to work at this. And so you move on. Right. So, um, all right. Now, just real quick, I'm gonna, we're going to get to the happy bright side here in a moment. But, <laughs> but real quick, I want to point out that we, we had a person here who was trying out this role, and we really carried them. Um, I mean, you and I and Fred worked really, really hard putting a lot of time into this person to uh, uh, help them with this role. 
And I, I think you know who I'm talking about because there's one person who we put like a huge amount of resources into to help them get going. Well, and, and that kind of goes back to my getting up in the morning to go swimming or go to the gym example. You right. know, it's like, I mean, in swimming or the gym is not as important as a lot of work uh, situations. But still, if you made all the effort to get up at 5 a.m. and you were counting on somebody being there and they're like, oh, overslept. I binged on Netflix. I overslept again. I'm sorry I haven't been there the last 52 times and every single time I had a different excuse. In fact, for the last 15 times, I've had the exact same excuse because I, it's not it's not even worth taking the time to make up a new one. Right. So it's. But I definitely want you to be there tomorrow morning, and I'm going to tell you, I promise I'll be there. Right. And so, of course, for a work situation, it gets that much more stressful and upsetting, I think, than just a workout, you know, or meeting a buddy at the gym. But still, it's it's. Okay. Yeah, it's frustrating. I wanna. I think you're right. I, I. But it's like that's the bright side. I wanna. I wanna take this one last little dip of the toe into the dark side in order to. And so, for this one person, uh, in this role, uh, uh, you and I. I think mostly I. I actually worked hard and brought in renters. Um. Uh. But then, uh, you filled in for this person a lot. Well, um, oftentimes without notice. Like people who would rent stuff just showed up. Right. You know, and they're like, I've been trying to call for the last six hours and I haven't got anybody. Well, now I'm here. What am I supposed to do? Right. And I was just the one available because you were typically on the phone or in a meeting or in an, in an interview. So I was the one that was a little easier to set down my accounting or bookkeeping and go out the door and help help show them where the water was and where the cabin was and that kind of thing. Right. Right. Yeah. Got them all yeah. settled in. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were a lot of times when you filled in on the other side too, where you did the cleanup afterwards. Um, and but okay, next next item is is that um, uh, I know I did a lot of work to help with getting advertising set up, and then you and I and Fred sat with this person to help actually write the advertising. Character by character, word by word, line by line, paragraph by paragraph, in order to to get it set up. And I mean, like we had a big meeting where we literally did it while we were all there, line by line. And and then uh, and then the the worst part is that we set up a meeting to do it again, and and this person didn't show up, and and this person. <laughs> Apparently, so people are waiting. Like, where? What? I thought we were doing this again. I thought we were writing ad, you know, and and then this person did, never showed up, and then later uh, said, "Oh, right, this is two o'clock in the afternoon, a two o'clock in the afternoon meeting," and and uh, and said, "Oh, I forgot, and I took a nap." <laughs> Right. Well, and it's it's kind of funny because for a home office, some people think, oh, that's no big deal. You can just go back to your work. But in this this 
meeting, we brought a laptop down to the shop. We connected it to the projector. We got the projector going. We got everything all set up so that we all could look at something more easily together on the projector yeah. down in the uh, shop slash auditorium. Slash so, classroom. Yeah, right. I like, I like to think of it as the classroom now. Yeah. Now that the couch balcony is there, and yeah. it's so awesome. Yeah, so it was a it was quite a bit of setup in time out of our day. It wasn't just like, oh, we're all sitting here at our computers and we can go back to work anyway. It was... Um, or it wasn't that our time has no value. So right. that's totally cool. Yeah. Um, all right. But okay, now I want to flip over to the bright side. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it's true what you're saying. That, and that's why I like the, the idea that there could be three different people that fill this role. And we've set it up to, to do that. Um, and, and for a lot of jobs, there are going to be people that help people. And I kind of feel like, um, uh, you know, between you and I and Fred, I think that there's a lot. In fact, I, I wrote down here, Fred fills in for lists of stuff constantly. And most of the time, he's not even asked. Um, and, and, the, and rather than saying, I don't know how, Fred figures it out. Yeah. You know, he doesn't. And uh, I would say that um, there are tons and tons of problems where I find out about them two weeks after the problem happened. And Fred fixed it within moments of, of finding out about it. And, and it's like, I mean, what a stark contrast and then and then there's the whole I mean there's I there I know that there are lists upon lists upon lists of things that you've done in this space you know um, people who are showing up and whoever was supposed to meet them um, was unavailable so you met them you helped get things sorted out uh, people who said that they were going to I how many I'll bet you it's been more than a hundred times somebody said I promise that when I leave I will wash my sheets. Hmm. And you're washing their sheets after they've left. They're saying, well, and it's always the exact same thing. I'm sorry. I was just having such a wonderful time. I lost track of time. And now I have to catch my flight. But the thing is, um, we do have some support systems built in for you and I, Paul. We do have some housekeeping support. And that's a huge help for me. Otherwise, I would... I would really, really oh, yeah. go bonkers. So, right. So and we, I pay for that. I pay do. money for that. You do. And so these other people are like, oh, just, Paul, just go ahead and pay them for it. And in, in fact, this one person we were talking about a moment ago, I think that person probably owes me $1,500 from all the, I'll pay you back. Yeah. You know? Right. And it's like, uh, oh, man, that was. But but we were trying to get to the positive side. Yes. So, so the thing is, um, uh, you we have a way we can design into the system, and we have designed into the system, that we can support people in the events and rentals coordinator roles, role or roles, plural, you know, so we have all this shared info that I mentioned in the previous podcast. We have shared email. We have shared Google voice numbers. So if someone's like their smartphone gets smashed and they're like, ah, I can't access this, you know, uh, we can be backup for that. Or we have backup laptops down here um, 
at base camp. So there's all these uh, resiliencies and redundancies built into our system so that we can manage this. And there's multiple people. We've had Renee. Renee has yeah. been so See, awesome. See, I wrote down Raven and Burra. And Raven, yeah. Renee helped with registrations uh, this summer because yeah. I just could not take on something else. I was really struggling. And uh, Renee... Um, really helped with all the registrations for the PPDC, the PDC, the ATC this summer. Thank you. Thank you, Renee. Um, so we have lots of places people could stay while they're getting a business up and running or while they're building their own home or whatever. Um, we... Uh, we have a small amount of paid work available, like like the housekeeping. That, yeah, you well, know, yeah, but, there's the housekeeping, but there's you know there's a, a little project. But I gotta say also along these lines, the bounty program has proven to be um, a, a place for resentments to build. And I think that, I, but I think that the way that we mitigate that, because what will happen is, is somebody will say. I'm fucking awesome, and I will do that bounty. And and then um, they get 20% of the way into it, and they come back and they say, oh, I, I now realize that the amount quoted was, like, too small. And yeah. so I need you to pay me five times more to do it. And on top of that, I need you to pay me half now. And and so then you know basically they didn't learn so they the resentment spilled. Now I I threw out an example. Uh, this is why I really like Jim, who was uh, one of the ATC instructors. And so I threw out he he stayed in the red cabin, and that kind of got to be like our our icon for this this thing. And I said uh, and it's tiny. I said insulating the red cabin. We had a bounty on it of four hundred bucks. And I didn't tell Jim that. And I said okay, Jim, you've been staying in the red cabin for over a week. How much do you think a, a professional would charge me to insulate the red cabin? And he said, 300 bucks. And if it took him more than a day, he's an idiot. And, right. And it's like, okay, I, I paid 400. And I put it out there as 400. And two expert carpenters, uh, master carpenters, took two months to do it. And you can tell that they are not master carpenters because of the... I mean, like, I wouldn't well, even call them carpenters. I, I mean, they're clearly beginners. Right. Like, like the, I'm, I'd even be worried about them around a saw. Well, it's we've had a lot of projects like that, and and some of the things we have offered as a bounty, um, some people think, oh well, I could do that. I'm a beginner. I've never done that before, but I could do that. And then they get part way into it and realize I can't do this. So, I know somebody who just did. Abandoned a bounty project because they got part way into it and then just went, oh, I can't do this, and then they walked away. And I and that was a bounty I was willing to pay for, um, separate from you. And and they, and I really wanted it, but they just went, no, this isn't working. And they realized they didn't have the skills and couldn't do it. So there is sometimes mismatches like that. I, and I think that there have been some people that have said, I've never done this before, and so if it ends up taking me a long time, I'll just look at it as an education. So, right. But I don't know if that's a fair price or not, but I'm willing to give it a try. 
Right. And and it all worked out great. There were no resentments. And yeah. then there were people like like the, the the two expert carpenters, where it took them two months and um to 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 complete a job that I was thinking yeah one one guy one day probably could have gotten it done. Um, uh, but anyway, uh, or or maybe a day and a half. Um, you know, but all right, all right. So the key is is that I kind of wonder if the way to mitigate resentments in this space is going to be going to be to say uh, stuff like, I just got to be really clear, you don't get paid anything different, no matter what happens, and you don't get paid anything until it is all done 100% and I feel like it was a good enough job and so if you are not comfortable with this then please do not start this task and um, so and it, stuff, something like that something that makes it clear because the, the problem happens when they get a little ways in and they're like oh you gotta you gotta pay me more and you gotta pay me in advance and it's kind of like, no, this is such a quick task. You should be done in the day. And you know, but anyway, we don't we don't have bounties. Well, we do. We have we have smaller bounties, and and there's things that you're doing. I'm I think the boot camp program is a great way to to not have resentments. Yeah. Uh, Mostly because Fred's awesome. Yeah. Um. I think the boot. And that's where you can build the skills where you might be able to do some of these bounties later. I mean, right now, um, some of the bounties that are possible are they just weren't a good fit for the people who were here before. And they're they're low amounts uh, just because that's where we're at right now. And if you don't have to commute to the job and wages are kind of low in Montana anyway, some of these bounties that I'm offering right now, it's a little low. But someone who knows their way around a saw and a few tools could knock them out in just a little while. So they seemed um, appropriate amounts to me. Um, but so there's there's a small amount of paid work available. Um, and the thing I would like to explain is if somebody's filling this role and they're like oh I you know I'm sick today I just can't greet these people would you mind greeting these people I'd be yeah you bet if it's like it you can tell they're covering everything the majority of the time but they need some help here and there I'd be all over that oh yeah you bet um uh, that just wasn't the case, and there wasn't usually communication about um, about the times that people wouldn't be available in the past. So, just having that communication and having it be a part of where we're happy to be back up, I would love I would love to do that for someone to be to support someone in this role. I really would because we'd really like this role filled. Um, so there's, there's just, you know, that's just a huge difference between filling in as something planned or through good communication versus filling in because it's unplanned and, and you can't get a hold of someone and they didn't show up when they were, you know, I mean, yes, when people arrive, sometimes they're unpredictable, but 
if you just can't be reached for like hours, that's that's a little bit of a challenge. I I like to think that there's going to be some people that are going to show up for the boot camp program, and then for whatever reason transition into this role where mm-hmm. um, they're the uh, event coordinator, rental manager kind of person. Um, and I, I and then yeah, I do think that there might end up being three people in this role, maybe as many as five. Maybe there will be someday just one. Um, but I also kind of feel like you know if there's three people in the role, maybe uh, one of the three is uh, doing three times more than the other two combined. You know, um, but it can still be multiple people in the role. So far, the people we've had in the boot camp have not wanted to do things on the computer. They wanted the boot camp so that they could be out learning how to do roundwood stuff, learning how to do build a hugel culture, learning how to drive a tractor and an excavator and build junk pull fence and uh, do clay plasters at Allerton Abbey, things like that. That's the type of person we've had in the boot camp so far. Um, and they haven't wanted to sit at a computer. And this is something when I, you know, I was a guest instructor at the Peasant PDC. And I asked people, you know, how many of you want to have events at your property? You know, uh, most everyone in the Peasant PDC wants to eventually have their own um, multi, um, you know, multi-income model a permaculture property where they're growing food, they're maybe doing uh, renting out eco buildings for like an Airbnb thing. They want to have events, and I said, you know, if you're, this is what we found out: people come here because they want to do all the lovely outdoor natural building, gardening, hiking kind of things, hmm. and they don't want to sit at the computer. But if you're going to publicize an event, publicize a rental, or even just get the frigging listings correct for the events and rentals, <laughs> yeah, it takes computer time. Yeah. And so I just yeah. said, okay, reality check. If you want to do that, you need to anticipate a lot of time on the computer and or outsourcing that to someone else. And and most of the time, you can't outsource that to someone else when you're just building it in the initial phases and stages. And, you know, unless you have a bunch of money you want to front it with at the beginning before you get the income. So I, I just... You know, you and I spend a lot of time on the computer, but yeah. we're doing other things to pay for all the things. Um, and we haven't had the bandwidth to also do the events and rentals. I think it comes back to the thing that that one person said. Like, a permaculture system, when it comes to human beings, needs to be designed in such a way that it works with the materials that you have, not the materials that you want. Now, granted, you can buy seeds and you can pick which things you're going to grow, but um, uh, I kind of feel like um, for so many of our projects here that it's going to be about growing our future. And and so I, I think that what we need is um, uh, 
a, a lot of different people to come through, and then for and then there'll be a lot of people who self prune. There'll be a few that we prune, and then there'll be what's left. And and so far we've had a lot of wonderful people come through, but they've already got property out right. elsewhere and lives elsewhere and right. jobs and and all of that kind of stuff um and we've had some nice people that don't and some of them fall in love and some of them don't work out for some reason or another um uh and you know we just got to keep trying and trying and trying and i and i think that the thing is is that on the one hand if you try to hire a pro but it's like um you know you're thinking like, oh, well, we'll have 200 candidates, and then we'll pick the best one, <laughs> and then we'll get one candidate, and we pick the best one, <laughs> and and it's like, so I I think what I want to do is is have more people come through, and it's like, um, I I guess what I what I'm going for here is I want to have more people try. I would like to get 20 people to try this year, that that they try us, we're trying them. And we'll see how it goes. And rather than being so selective as to say, you know, you must have an MBA or something like that, it's like I can't help but think that there's going to be somebody who does not have an MBA who will turn out to be magnificent in this role. And they'll just do a, a great job. I I also think that um, uh, the, the things that... We, got, we have to design the system so that it works with somebody who's new at it and is coming up to speed. But if it turns out that that they like to watch the clouds pass a lot, well, there's two other people in that same role. And and uh, and everybody's getting paid by the amount of work that they actually put in. Right. And, and that's the other thing we have is we already, in this shared info we have, we already have the basic framework for many, many events um, uh, we even have the basic framework for publicizing those events. We have basic framework for rental listings, including pictures and descriptions and things like that, and accounts that are already set up, and all of these different things that somebody could step into, massage a little bit, and get to be working. So, I, um, we. You know, we talked before that there are a few challenges to the rentals or or even the events and stuff, but I think it's I think it's very doable and yeah. it has been successful. Um, I I also think that the people we've had a lot of people who look at what we're doing from afar and say I want to live there forever and then they come out here and then they're like oh no and and so um, the people that have seemed the better fit have been the ones who are like hmm I want to go check it out that looks pretty cool yeah. but let me go check it out you know there's there's a little bit more um maturity to their decision making process right. of where they're going to spend the rest of their life um, that they're you know they've got a healthy level of dubiousness or you know do you think Fred came that way I mean yeah I, I don't think Fred was like when Fred came I didn't think I don't think he was coming here to check us out I think he just wanted to take the PDC right and yeah so he came to do a work trade for the PDC and he's been here ever since. Yeah, and I I don't know if when he came to do the work trade he was considering whether he'd want to live here or not, but um it's 
uh, we should ask him. So, <laughs> but I, I think that just makes a lot more sense that people would think, well, you know, maybe I'll go for a couple weeks or a couple months, and that's how the boot camp is is a perfect opportunity to right. do that. Uh, because after your hundred bucks, you you know, you basically get room and board for a little bit of hard work and um, and then you can really see the inner workings of what we do how we are on a daily basis and um, what we have here and have to offer I we have a list of instructors that want uh-huh. to come here and teach stuff yep. I mean it's it's like I, it's it's sad that I'm telling them I'm sorry I can't host any more stuff here um, I am spread too thin and I I can't seem to get an event coordinator and and so um, I I just can't and I kind of was um, explaining to somebody how it'd be great to get an event coordinator here and then let's do three to seven simple short events so we can start to you know work out the kinks with them and build I can build confidence and then it's like now let's start scheduling the bigger fish and and bigger events and and things of that nature um, at this point I am willing to do um, uh, the PDC and ATC next year for sure because those those were both home runs this year. Uh, the peasant PDC, I really enjoyed that format. I would really like to do it again, and so I'm I'm open to. I mean that was that was a crazy ass two months. That was packed, and and I'm but I'm willing to take it on with the idea that maybe an event coordinator will show up and help carry the burden. Um, you know, but. Uh, uh, the Jamboree, that's a huge event. And last year's Jamboree was magnificent. And um, at the same time, I mean, it just takes a lot of work just to talk to the innovators about getting them to come out here and scheduling it. Right. And it's like, it's so it's a, there's a lot there. The communication piece of coordinating that has, has been a little bit more challenging. I think maybe because for Paul and I, because we don't text message as much as probably most everyone else does. <laughs> We're like, reply to email, darn it. And then I, I have people say to me, email? I never look at my email. I'm like, ah, <laughs> but I don't like text message. So it's funny. Um, there's there's that. But I uh, are we... Are we ready to go on to this this point about the peasant PDC? Yes. Okay. Let's talk about so, so the, the peasant PDC. Let's let's we're going to recap this year's peasant PDC. I think the format was great. Um, uh, I I mean this person that was supposed to be the event coordinator was supposed to be the assistant instructor, and suddenly Ernie and Erica found themselves without an assistant instructor. Yeah. And they did not have the time to come and really prep the site and and get the whole event set up so they came early they i mean it's i love working with ernie and erica because they always yeah they bully the show must go on yeah it's like they are mr slappy yeah and it's like the show must go on And, and so uh um erica stood up and just 
took made it, it happen. on, yeah. made it happen despite all the hurdles and more hurdles and more hurdles. And she's yeah. she's like, not a problem. I will fix this. And uh, over and over and over and over yeah. again. And then she got a whole bunch of video for me for the, the rocket, rocket ovens. Oven. Yeah. And uh, they did the whole uh, rocket kitchen thing. Yeah. And um, then, you know... And then the, the yeah, problem is... Yeah, that was a workshop before the Peasant PDC. We didn't mention a that. A free workshop yeah. that she set up. Yeah. And uh, a lot Amazing. of really cool people came out for that. Yes. Um, and then uh, uh, Ernie's leg, as is always a risk, you know, Ernie's leg uh, came to haunt. And, um, and Ernie had to... It's like Ernie had to go. And he yeah. couldn't stay. And he had to go. Why? And so then... But Erica's like... Not a problem. I will fix this. And so she got Ernie delivered to where he needed to go to get the care he needed. She came right back, continued on by herself, yeah. and bullied through, yeah. even though Ernie's supposed to be teaching half of it. Well, and she had an injury, and they had an uh, their dog was injured. And, I mean, they're, you know, they're... There were things, there were challenges. Um, and so we just, I, I just felt it was a huge oversight that we talked about the instructors in the previous podcast. We talked about the instructors of the uh, regular two-week PDC and the ATC, and we didn't talk about Ernie and Erica. And, that, right. and, and we just so appreciate them and their um, professionalism that they'll do it and get it done. Yeah. I, I, so. I can still hear Erica's tiny little voice saying, well, that's unfortunate. <laughs> okay. Oh. I'll figure something out. <laughs> oh, and so she, she bullied through. Yeah. She bullied through. She bullied through. And she bullied through. Yeah. Um, uh, I kind of I feel like this added an enormous stress to Erica to to do it, um, but <laughs> Paul's Paul's shaking I'm, the microphone. I'm gesturing with the microphone in my hand, <laughs> and I just very gently cupped my hand around his the hand. The people that are listening are going on a roller coaster ride. They all fit inside this microphone. Wee. <laughs> No, I'll just cup my hand gently around your hand again. <laughs> <laughs> he was he was glaring them, at me. I want them to go for a ride. <laughs> they're having they're having fun. Trust me. Oh man. All right. So I'm you know I I think that uh, 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 Ernie and Erica. I mean, oh man. I mean. Uh, that that was quite a ride, and um, uh, I I think that um, um, yeah. But you know the peasant PDC, I like the format because we we get a lot of people that are that say things like, uh, uh, "Hi, I'm a guest instructor for a PDC, and I'll be traveling through Missoula. How about if I just stop by and teach a bit? You know, and it and it's kind of like." Um, uh, yeah, sure, for the Peasant PDC. I mean, we don't know who you are, but we'll try you out for size and see what you like. And sure. And um, so I, I don't know. I kind of feel like the, there's, there's a, there is kind of a cool thing with the Peasant PDC. I do think there was one really hilarious lesson 
um, and that, that came from the peasant PDC, and that is that um, there's no food uh, that's served at the peasant PDC. So everybody's on their own for food. But, of course, the first thing that decent, wholesome, lovely people want to do <laughs> is buy the food together and split yeah. the cost. Yeah. They're going to share the food cooking and they're going to yeah. share the food costs. They're going to share. Only it's like everybody's different and it's like there's this. No, stop it. They're going for a ride. I told you. <laughs> Whee! <laughs> I'm trying. They're going for a ride. Stop it. <laughs> I'm trying to save the poor pod people from the variations in the recording levels. I'm trying to save you. So, um, uh, I, it sounds like, and I wasn't there, because I was down here getting spoiled by you every day, which is the way I like to ride now, after 10 years of doing this. Uh, uh, and, and it's like, uh, uh, so what I, from what I understand, um, there got to be some issues where... Uh, uh, certain people, it's like, you know, it was agreed upon. Certain, there were certain agreements, and towards the end of the PDC, not everybody was honoring all the agreements. And um, there got to be resentments. Gee, who would have thunk? And, you know, we, we had said no food provided, but we still provided uh, rice and beans and cornmeal and other grains. Peanut and, butter! Oh, yeah. Two gallons of peanut butter and lots of eggs. Um, so they ended up getting actually quite a few staples. And then all the, you know, a lot of spices, a lot of, you know, basics um, to get them through and get them by. Um, and and there were still lots and lots of resentments about how the money was split up for they the food. They harvested mountains of morel mushrooms. I understand that yes. at least one person ate too many morel. I didn't know this was possible. Yeah. Eat too many morel mushrooms in like a 48-hour period. Well, they only <laughs> ate morel mushrooms yeah. for like 24 hours, I guess. But <laughs> there were loads and loads of wild greens. They were harvesting. Um, we had such a lush spring. They had miner's lettuce coming out their ears and other we, greens. We have this magnificent, this rhubarb plant. In fact, it was the one that used to be number two last year, but this year... It turned into this magnificent giant. It was a sight to behold. And then the peasant PDC people harvested <coughs> some. <laughs> oh, it was, it never came back. They were, <laughs> they, they were eating the woo! raw stalks. They were eating the raw stalks of the rhubarb and just loving it. Yeah, some people can do, I can't do that. I, I need to sweeten it a little bit. But yeah. Um, yeah. but I hope I hope that uh, uh, we're, I mean, we've got so many rhubarb plants that are working on becoming jumbo sized. That I and but it's like you know I put them through boot camp, and I say rhubarb plant, you know you, I'm not gonna baby you, I'm not gonna coddle you, you gotta and so I you know you see them going dormant this time of year, and you know that's part of their boot camp, and uh, then they turn into those magnificent giant specimens, because they've been through boot camp. Well, and there's there's quite a few plants we have here that just go through that when you're doing. When you're doing um, low to no irrigation, um, like there's mint out in a very 
southern exposed, dry, dusty area, and the mint has basically gone dormant. But it comes back every year. Yeah. Uh, and, and we don't worry about keeping it absolutely perfect with lots and lots of water because we don't need that much mint, basically. And and we're doing other things. And, um, and, and this is what we're doing. We're teaching these plants. Mm. And I'm learning this year. I finally learned to harvest mint earlier before it goes dormant in the dry heat of the summer. So um, I'm learning that my harvest cycle needs to be earlier for some things here. I like the idea as as I'm about to wrap up uh, all the stuff from the Kickstarter and get all the goodies sent out to all the people and then work on the pep stuff. I like the idea that we get an education coordinator here and that the education coordinator would teach the peasant PDC um, next year. Yeah. I and I like I like the idea that the education coordinator might even teach um, you know I don't know several different workshops uh, right. here every year. Right. Um, and then work with the event coordinator. Right. Um, you know, to, to get that set up. Um, and then the event coordinator is also the rental manager who would make money through the rentals for those events and things of that nature. I, I just kind of feel like this is something we could easily turn into uh, a six-figure income for somebody to be a um, uh, an education coordinator. And then there's the whole concept of somebody coming and being a natural builder here and, like, you know, let's let's build one property with a fence um, and it has a wafati and a culture collection and um, sell it as a turnkey system. And I think they could make, you know, nice coin that way. Right. Well, and that's the thing. I, I don't know why. A lot of people asked this asked me this this year and I was I was kind of surprised because I thought well isn't this just more well known than that but people I don't know I think like six people asked us this year maybe more they said well Jocelyn do you and Paul want to live in a Wafati on the lab someday and I said yeah I, I was like yeah that's that's kind of always been the plan that we would eventually move up there into our own wafati. I mean, we it is not our lifetime long-term goal to live in the Fisher Price house. Yeah, no. <laughs> I thought I thought in fact I made the mistake of uh when I enticed you to come out here um, that was a mistake. Uh, well, no, no. Just give me a moment. <laughs> give me a minute here. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I made the mistake of saying, well, you know, I like to think that there's going to be 20 to 30 people living there year round. And then, you know, there will be lots of women friends for you. And because that's something that, that you mentioned is a thing that you're seeking before you even came out here. And I was yeah. kind of saying like, oh, yeah, there's going to be a lot of people out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I I kind of had it in my head that, that the, where we were going to go was going to be this thing with 20, 30 people out here. And there have been times when we've had, you know, a good 15 people here. and um, Mostly guys. Well, okay. Um, yeah. There's been... Uh, I mean, there's been a lot of women that have come through too, but but for every gal, it's true. There's probably been four guys, but we are in a building up phase. 
Yeah, and um, we've had more women out in the last couple of years. It's, you know, I I am such an introvert that I, even when I was living in the suburbs of Seattle, I was kind of sucking at, at maintaining some friendships that I wished I had. So, um, and I, the way I do friendships in my work cycles and stuff is sometimes a bit different than a lot of people. So I missed having girlfriends to talk to. Um, I thought that by the end of the first summer, we would have built four Wolfotties. Yeah. And I thought that we would move up to the lab into the big Wolfotti on the third year. And and we just now finished hitting the five year mark here. Yeah, and we still have wafatis to finish. So. Um, yep. Yeah, things have gone through a lot of uh, educational paths. Well, and and this what we've done here, which I'm sure I've said in another podcast, is. Um, we facilitated a lot of educational experience and a lot of uh, facilitated and paid for a lot of people to try being a beginning carpenter, being a beginning Wafati builder, being a beginning junk pole fence builder, being a, you know, beginning a lot of things you know and in and, and there was a lot of garbage cleanup in the early years a lot of animal system support for your brother's family in the early years that um right. you know didn't really build anything but it it you know it was a lot of learning experiences and people people have just so much enjoyed being in Montana, people love the property and Montana and enjoyed being around other like-minded people so that we'd facilitated a lot of those experiences over five years. You know, the the garbage cleanup thing that you just mentioned, yeah. I'm kind of thinking like, yeah, there there was some garbage cleanup the first year. Yeah. Um, and But I kind of feel like there's been a lot of garbage cleanup every year since then. Yeah. And, and then, of course, there's a lot of people whom we hire to do garbage cleanup, like we will pay them money, and then they complain that it's like it's not that bad. And I kind of feel like, you know, if you go to a hotel or something and you're paying, it's like you would not be okay with this garbage being there. And I, I kind of feel like there's still so much to do in the space of garbage cleanup that it has to do with unfinished projects or somebody did a poor job on a project and it's, you know, crumbling and we need to get in there and do it right. Um, and um, and I kind of feel like, yeah, you know, that's going to happen. That's part of how our system is designed. And there's going to be pieces that are going to need to be rebuilt because somebody, you know, they, they thought they did a good enough job and they didn't. And so... Um, well, uh, it's... It's a large project. There's a lot of supplies and a lot of tools, and there have been a lot of people. And anytime you have people, there's wakes of garbage behind them. So, yeah. so if you if you think you know, just think of one person living in a one bedroom apartment, and sometimes like all of your receipts and paperwork can build up on your dining room table until you don't, you know, if you're not someone who is really tidy and and responsible or, you know, responsive, I guess I would say, to 
dealing with each one of those receipts and putting them where they go or keeping them in a tidy folder until you do what you want to do with your receipts and your papers and your bills and all of that. You know, I think all of us have gone into a house somewhere where somebody's dining room table is just covered in all of their paperwork because they haven't dealt with putting it in a tidy place. So this is one household with one person and one dining room table. Now, (laughs) take that and multiply it by... by 15. 15 at least, more like 100. You think of like, you know, 15 people, 20 people, but then the projects are really ambitious yeah. projects around here. So the materials and the tools and the items needed for the projects. No. So, I mean, I... To get 15 people to squeeze in, it's it, they're going to make a lot of messes. And we got to... And, and it is. And I, you know, you've said it many times, the, the rule of 15... And we've yeah. got to follow the rule of 15. Well, I'm not even talking <laughs> about trying to fit p- 15 people in this house. I'm thinking about, well, there's the library and there's all the seeds in the library and the tools in the library and the product that you sell in the library. And then there's the shop and then there's all the supplies yeah. for classroom supplies and there's this and there's event supplies and there's bins of event dishes and bins of event tablecloths. And I mean, there's so much to keep organized and tidy so we can find things and there's still a lot of work to do in that space. So I think another thing is uh, 90% of the shops across America, so they've mm-hmm. got a they've got a shop that's the size of our shop. Right, right. 90% of them have 48 unfinished projects spread out all over the floor. Right. And yeah. they and they cannot it's like they have to build a second shop in order to get their shit done. Or they can't walk through it anymore because it's, it's like been a, Christmas decoration storage and all of this other well, shit. Well, it's not even about in there. using it for storage. It's it's about other how projects. they've got these projects that are in progress. Yeah. Yeah. And and they're each taking up shop space. And now the shop has become unusable because of all the projects. And so I kind of feel like now do the rule of 15. Yeah. And and I guess and I kind of feel like some people have been um, – and it, it was a while ago that they would be kind of pouty about like, we got to spend some time cleaning the shop. But um, with Fred, I kind of feel like that hasn't been happening. And we had that one guy here for a while – um, uh, new Brian, yeah, not old Brian. Yeah, old Brian turned out to be a problem. New Brian, however, man, you just you you just let him sit around in the shop, and you come back and an hour later, and the shop is like cleaner. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. like organized. Yeah, and stuff like that. It's it's cool. So, um, <clears throat> but anyway, there's the that's just. I I forget my point now. Sorry. (laughs) I thought I had a point there. There was a point about, well, the cleanup and the garbage. And and then each time we have an event, there's, okay, oh, yeah, you need this and that. Yes, you need tea things down in the classroom because you need to keep your tea going. But then after the class is over, all that needs to be put away. So there's just stuff. It just happens. And, you know, I, I think that there are some people that appreciate being in a tidy place. And um, uh, and they would be comfortable. They would like they would like being here with our level of tidy. Mm-hmm. They would they would like it. 
and and so I'm I like the fact that we talk about how because that was another thing too is like when we had like the Discovery Channel was here then and then the they were telling us about like uh, we were like their twelfth stop and. And the previous 11 stops were all shitholes where everybody was stoned. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, and it's like we can't use any of that footage. That. It's just it's just a garbage heap, you know. And and, uh, um, and then plus, you know, you try to talk to people and they're just stoned. <laughs> they're just oh my gosh. constantly stoned. And so, <clears throat> um, but in the end, it didn't... I. Yeah, I'm. I I don't talk to the discovery people anymore. Yeah, well, enough rambling about you know us trying to tidy things. Um, um, it it hasn't turned out like we thought it would be in five years. Though I think we have provided awesome experiences for hundreds of people in yeah. five years. Um. And I and I know you really wanted to have built-in girlfriends for me here, which is which is very <laughs> kind and very sweet. Um, it's been funny because it's been me and a lot of guys. My my guy humor sense has developed quite a bit. Oh, good. <laughs> but um, rolling with it. Yeah, and and we're still you know we're still hopeful that we'll get more people that want to stick around like Fred and. And I think we're um, reworking things. We are accepting feedback and reworking things mm-hmm. um, as much as we can and as much as our bandwidth allows us to do different things and, and change things up. I think, you know, one of those things about accepting feedback is when you're accepting feedback, it doesn't mean that it makes you um, the personal bitch of every nitwit in the world. Because um, we, we get a lot of people that say, well, you have to accept personal feedback, and I'm telling you how you have to live your life now. And and it's like, no, no, that's that's not the same. And so um, uh, so I want to I just want to kind of temper right. that a little bit. Yeah. And I and I think that because um, there have been people that have been suggesting, like, you should allow pot. You should allow people to smoke cigarettes. Yeah. Um, you should allow uh, people to use Roundup. Yeah. You should allow people to use cardboard uh, in their horticultural projects. Uh, you should allow, and so they they come up with these things about how loosen your standards, and I kind of feel like, no, 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 I I would rather I would rather be here alone than than loosen my standards. Well, I I think yeah, I I agree with you that saying accepting feedback might seem like we're going to accept all of it, but I think even people in their own personal life, they are only going to accept the feedback that matters to them and makes sense to them. If it comes from mm. a person they respect and if it fits with something they're trying to do. But, you know, someone who is, um, you know, does not want to drink alcohol for whatever reason. And the and then people are going, oh, come on, loosen up. You know, and the feedback is, oh, you're too much of a tight ass. Just have a drink with us. Yeah. That person is not going to accept that feedback when they're yeah. when they're committed to staying alcohol free. Yeah. And and that's the wise choice for them. I, I mean, there's or because alcohol just tastes fucking nasty. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Unless it's all covered in fruit, covered up with fruit, then you'll you can't taste then it. You'll, that, then you can't then taste you'll it. Do it. That's when but, alcohol's all right. Is if you can't taste it. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. So you're right. There's, the, but we are constantly evaluating what can we do different, what can we do better. No, and and, and changing. We made a lot of changes. Yeah, too. it's it's a lot of work. But I I kind of feel like the thing to do is stick to our standards. Mm-hmm. Um, improve our systems by mm-hmm. our standards, and um, at the same time project the information, mm-hmm. and and then um, maybe you know we'll find an extra 100 people who will want to come out here, and you know things will get sorted, and then after the 100 people come through, then after two years we're down to five, but you know. They're like Fred and you, and and I don't know. And so then, then we really have something awesome, right? So right. I think you know, focusing on where do resentments come from, what builds resentments, is a, is a critical component. Um, uh, adding Mr. Slappy to our vocabulary is a critical component, <laughs> and and it's like you know, what does that mean, and and how we don't want to live a life with Mr. Slappy. And and yet we want to move forward. Yeah. Um, and we want to move forward as a community, as a group of people. Yeah. Um, so uh, how do we how do we do that? And I, I should, think we're getting better every year. Um, I should <clears> give <throat> a shout out to Jeremy. Um, Jeremy's the newest Ant Village resident, and he is. I think he's really enjoying himself here. Mm-hmm. Um, though I think he would enjoy it if more people were here too. So yeah. he um, he's awesome. Boy, he fixed a key on my keyboard the other day. Yes, <laughs> fantastic. I uh, knocked a key off my laptop keyboard and he fixed it for me. Um, anyway, awesome guy, Jeremy. So I just wanted to give a shout out to Jeremy. But. Um, this this podcast was clarifications and follow-up, and we just have two more things we wanted to touch on, I think. And one is um, what you, you know, what you call your empire. I think mm-hmm. a lot of people may or may the not know. Stuff. Yeah, all of Paul's online stuff he calls his empire. All the forums, all of the products, all the articles, the YouTube channel, all the things. And the podcasts. Yeah, and the podcasts. So, yep. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and doing the Kickstarter stuff is kind of an offshoot of the Empire as well. Sure. There's the Permies forums, the Code Ranch forums, all of that. Just in case someone jumped in on this podcast and didn't know. Um, yeah, and and you uh, could use help. You've Well, of course I could. I mean, I could use help. I definitely use help, <clears throat> but... I I'm kind of getting into this space where I'm just kind of embracing that that it's just not going to happen, and and because part of it is th- that um, uh, I I can't I can't hire somebody and then um, just pay them and and then they uh, don't do the work that needs to be done. Right. So like I've I've been spoiled in the past. Susie Bean was great. Um, Camille, remember Camille? Yeah. Camille well, was great. And well, and I, in fact, I kind of feel like wow, I could use another Camille if I knew that they were like a Camille. I would hire her in an instant. Well, the 
the odd thing is, I think, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, uh, there are quite a few things that have changed on the Internet. I mean, that's that's kind of a given. Um, and and what has happened is it takes a little bit more work than it used to, uh, or the, the work has changed than what it used to be in getting revenue from your empire things. So... So there's lots of people that are willing to do lots of useful, helpful empire assistant kind of things, but they're not the things that bring in coin. And and it's been very difficult to find people who know how to massage the online things and relationships and ads and so forth so that more coin comes in to pay for themselves. So, and, and a lot of that has changed so much over the years that it's hard. And we run into, I think, nine out of ten people, if not 99 out of 100 people say, oh, I want to help, but I don't do marketing. I don't like marketing. <laughs> right. And that list of what they don't do gets longer quickly. I, I want to say Adrian. Adrian has been, and Adrian's still helping out. Yeah, he he processes podcast. these podcasts. Yeah, and um, Adrian was amazing. Adrian is the one who got us to be cash positive, That's and awesome. so he he really understood the coin. <clears throat> um, uh, Cassie, I you know, boy did did she ever bloom with permies. Yeah, um, and and it's like, but all right, yeah. If uh, I I guess the bottom line is 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 it's like um, I have. I, I have felt some pain, and um, I wish I had three amazing assistants. That would be where each assistant brought in more coin than what they were paid. That would be fantastic. Um, but I, uh, I am, I'm weary of training people, and. Um, and it's like uh, uh, I've had, you know, when it gets to a point where month after month I'm paying somebody thousands of dollars, but they're bringing in tens of dollars, It it's like I, I get to a point where it's like that's just not sustainable. I can't do it. And I've tried and tried and tried. And so it's kind of like, all right, so... I'm I'm kind of thinking, and they're lovely people, lovely people, but it's like the bottom line is 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 that um, I would risk money, um, having faith in them, and you know it it just didn't turn into it, and I kind of feel like um, you know there's ways to make this system work, um, and I, and then so I end up doing the work to bring in the money to pay them. And and then um, I try to hand over tasks, and I don't know. It just somehow it doesn't gel. It doesn't get traction. So um, I, I kind of feel like, you know. So you wrote down here that this is a thing that we should add into this podcast today, and it's kind of like, all right, fair enough. And I kind of feel like if somebody goes, because right now the the um we've got all kinds of affiliate programs set up for Threadboost and affiliate programs set up for all the stuff that's available in the digital market mm-hmm. and it's like if somebody went out there and set up an affiliate program or even if they didn't and they brought money to the empire even a hundred bucks 
then it's like, okay, I, you know, we might be able to talk. And then so it's like, all right, I'll hire you. But by the end of the first week, you need to bring in 200 bucks. And by the end of the second week, you need to bring in 500. And by the end of the third week, you need to bring in a thousand. And, and it's like, um, uh, it's not sales at all. And all it, what it is, is making connections to other networks and saying, we'll give you a thousand dollars of Permies advertising if you tell your people about the four DVD set, you know, or find something they're comfortable with and something that they would like from us and let's set it up. That's all it is. That's it. It's so simple and they want it. They want the resources that we have. And it's like, just wheeling and dealing. Well, and even if you start little and, and you know, there's a little exchange with not as big a dollars as that. And then you work up to having the bigger exchanges and or you get the track record of having those kind of exchanges. And, oh, look, we increase so-and-so's sales and, you know, I don't know. You know, you just can you know the click through rates and you can talk all those things and get it right. get it going better with bigger um, bigger groups and bigger people who want more of an exchange I would like that would be great to have an assistant or to have multiple assistants or you know we could even give them a different title I, I don't care um, and uh, but I just kind of feel like I'm I'm super burnt out in that space, and um, I, I, it's, it's like such a roll of the dice. So um, I'm going to, I, I, I think that it's just not a, a thing anymore. Right. Well, we wanted to just mention one other thing from our trip. Oh yeah. Um, we ended up going through Helena, Montana, and um. That is where um, Jessica Peterson was helped. Um, so she create. set up an event with right. Dave Jackie. That's it. Um, what five years ago? Maybe it was many many years ago. And uh, Jack Spierko went out there, and she invited me out, and so I went out there. And I wanted everybody to do it different. <laughs> and so they were like coming up with all these designs and all of their designs had zero earthworks. And I kind of felt like I really, really, really wanted. So we stopped by the plot and they, they did. They, they had a lot of growies going. They had like a little community garden on one side yeah. um, that was locked up. Um, but you can see into all the gardens. With raised beds. Yeah, all yep, raised it all, beds. It was all raised beds. Obviously, I'm going to say over-fertilized and clearly irrigated. Um, oh, yeah. And then, and then but the, the part that was more of the, the part that you could walk through, which I want to say community garden again, but it's a different kind of community garden. One community garden looked like everybody had their own individual little gardens. And then the other community garden was like everybody could walk through it and see all the things that were growing. Yeah, they were trying to do more of a perennial food forest-like design there, but it was interspersed with some annuals as there, well. There was uh, um, uh, grapes growing um, all together, <clears throat> a vineyard of sorts, 
and um, I I don't I kind of feel like no 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 have one grape there and then 40 feet away there's another grape vine don't don't do a vineyard um, <clears throat> but okay so it was kind of that little spot was monocropy, but the rest of it was not monocropy. True. They were doing a lot right. of polycultures. There's, you could definitely see drip irrigation set up everywhere, and I wish they hadn't done that. And they did put up one berm, but it was like four feet tall. And I, when I was talking about, I berms, wonder if it was hugel culture. Most people build mm. hugel culture about four feet tall. And did you notice that on that bed, that everything was growing far more lush than everywhere else? So, yeah, they had lots of clover uh, in in patches here and there. Okay, so what I wanted for that property was not a four-foot-tall berm or hugelkultur. I wanted them to be 15 feet tall. Mm-hmm. I wanted them to have broad paths that would go up and down and through the berm. I thought that would be kind of cool to have because kids could play through there mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> but it would also delete out some of the city ugly that you got to look at while being in there uh, or here there was a fair there. amount of road noise it was right yeah between uh, was it uh, surrounded on three sides by city streets well three or four sides kind of but I mean there was anyway the, 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 the thing is, is I thought that they were doing a lot of very cool stuff. There was a yeah. lot of good things to see. Yeah. And, um, and there was also some kind of art installation that was a nest looking thing that I thought was very cool looking. Yeah. Um, obviously a lot of irrigation, a lot of fertilization. There were little flags everywhere, which I hope doesn't mean that there was something sprayed. Um, but uh, the flags didn't say warning stuff was sprayed. So I'm just going to pretend the flags represented something else. But usually those are the kinds of flags that are used to indicate something was sprayed. Um, I I mean, there was a lot of wood chip mulch. The one thing that I thought was smart, and it's like, oh, man, it's such a relief to finally see at least one place doing this. And that is the paths had gravel. And the wood chips are on the plants. <laughs> mm-hmm. And the wood chips also look like a variety of wood chip that would do well with plants, as opposed to cedar, which is going to basically poison the plants. So I was I was kind of feeling like there was a lot of big steps up. Uh, and even though the big things that I wanted, they, they didn't do, but... Um, I, I remember during the thing I was there, I was just, I was feeling like a pain in the ass to all the other people. And I, after a while, I just started to become quiet and I decided to just go. Cause I felt like the path that they were on was like for permaculture, it was like level three permaculture. And I wanted to talk about level seven permaculture. And of course, I sounded crazy to all these people and, I don't blame them. And so I I just felt frustrated. But um, uh, And then apparently, and Jessica said something about, like, all of my comments about berms made it so they did put in a berm. And I got there, it's like, this is 
like a pretty small berm. <laughs> berm Jr. here, you know. <laughs> and so, um, uh, but I, yeah. Anyway, so we saw that. It was, it was, and it, it was nice to see. It was looking pretty good, and I could see how it could turn into something pretty significant in time. It was, it was beautiful. It looked like it was very uh, highly cared for, and yeah, a lot of human beings a were lot, gardening. A lot of gardening, a lot of irrigation, a lot of you know, whether they're fertilizing with compost or whatever, but a lot a lot of care and yeah the nest artwork was pretty fun too i i took a really crappy video that i don't know that i'll do anything with but i was kind of hoping to get more and more of your comments in the video and you were kind of quiet in the video weird (laughs) well i didn't realize you were videoing me (laughs) but all right um anything else to add to this podcast because i know the next podcast is the podcast you really, really, really want to do because it's about food. Right, I and, like And so I kind food. of said we have to do this one first, which then, so this is like, you know, podcast Mr. Slappy and a half. <laughs> right. You know, it's like a couple of more little tidbits to add, but I do think we're ending it on a higher note. And, um, and it's not about Mr. Slappy, it's about how to avoid having Mr. Slappy. Right. But you got to admit that he's there, and and it's like that's some hard reality. So it's like you got to design your system so you don't need a Mr. Slappy. And I kind of feel like we're doing that. We let we we need a system where people will naturally prune. I mean, that's another thing too is that um, if you go to a job and you work at a job and um, it's not working out, you're not doing anything. I mean, they're gonna there's a Mr. Slappy that's gonna step up and say. You know, your productivity hasn't been as good as the other 20 people we hired on that same day. We're going to have to let you go, you know, because you're not earning more than we're paying you. So um, you're not bringing enough value here. And, or even more so, it's causing resentments with the other employees, you know. Well, and our systems are more, you know, you're kind of on your own. It's, it's you know, you're developing your own business model and your own income. Uh, and if you don't get that income coming in, you'll self-prune because you might need income to pay at the very least for your cell phone. Most people have to pay for that. And if you want to get into that kind of groove, then there's the boot camp. And if you kind of want to just do your own thing, then there's Ant Village. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. All right. Anything else? No. I think that covered it. If you like this sort of thing. Come on out to the forums at permies.com, where we talk about community, homesteading, and permaculture all all the the time. time. Don't forget, go out to patreon.com slash paulwheaton and make a pledge for future artifacts. 